Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome as we kick off another week, at least on the Miller and Condon radio program. Glad you're with us. Hope you can stay with us. We're here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy show. Uh, as you would uh, assume, with all the basketball that we watched this weekend, some of it played right here in our backyard. And boy, Des Moines was one of the stories of the opening round, at least of the sites. The opening round of the tournament, no question about that. Packed building, commentators, media alike uh, singing the praises of our fine city. We'll get into that. It's coming up on the program. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. It's a busy day for Doc. He had a busy weekend. Great pieces. By the way, he wrote a lengthy piece on spring football, uh, which gets underway Wednesday or later on in the week. Kirk Ferentz on Wednesday Pro Days uh, at the University of Iowa today. Uh, but we'll do basketball. We'll do some spring football with Doc. Uh, Matt Postens, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We'll recap the Big 12's run. Uh, Texas Tech advances, representing the conference as we move to the Sweet 16, the lone Big 12 team to make it that far. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Dylan Montz will join us. Uh, Pro Day for Iowa State tomorrow morning. And uh, spring football, while it's underway, the the media will get their first opportunity to talk football with the coaching staff at some point during this week. So we'll do that with Dylan. And then Rob Doster, our national guy, slides on in here, uh, and we will discuss uh, the opening round of the tournament, as well as a piece of information, Trent. And good morning, as always, my friend. Good morning. How are you doing over I'm there? I'm doing well. I watch way too much basketball, if there is such a thing. No, there's not. I don't th- think there was, but you know what? About nine... Nine o'clock last night, I I waved the flag. You hit the wall. I hit the wall. I yeah, did. Yeah. I I had billions taped in a show called Action, and uh, on both of them on uh, Showtime and and watch those. But I, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was such a wonderful <laughs> weekend, though. We'll get into it. Uh, but Rob Dostra had an interesting piece, and it was part of the podcast. Did you listen to his podcast about Prome? But apparently, according to Doster. And I can't wait to ask him about this because mm-hmm. no one other than him that I can find is willing to corroborate that this actually happened, that there was interest on Pro's part at Texas A&M. Oh, really? I don't, okay. It kind of came from out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, of it's course. It's buddy that got fired there. We know the connection, obviously, to Alabama. It's his alma mater. Right. He's from the South. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Did Texas you see A&M. Jeff Goodman, by the way, backtrack on last night? He did, yes. I mean, very quickly. He yeah. put it up. To, he's, he's his, well, his favorite was Chris Beard. If you can get Chris Beard, you get mm-hmm. him. But it's going to go to Steve Prohm. And then within what? An hour. He didn't say it was going to him, though. No, that was his choice. That, that he, he thought it was going to be Steve Prohm that was going right. to get the job. And then within an hour, he tweeted that uh, Prohm's going to get an extension. And he changed his, his favorite to get the job to Thad Mata. But it was kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Thad Mata, I, I've heard him also bandied about a little bit UCLA further down their and list. And UNLV, too. I just hope he gets back and he's healthy. I mean, this guy was a great coach. Yes. And and a delegator. It looked like physically he just couldn't coach anymore. Mm-hmm. And you hate for a guy's career to have to end in that fashion. And it wasn't anything related to... He's got a bad heart. He's he's got he had cancer. It was back problems, right? I mean, just don't remember Trent, debilitating, debilitating back, and that kept him out. And 
But isn't that a concern? If you're any of these schools, Thad Mata, and especially these power schools that we're talking about, you're going to invest a lot of money to get Thad Mata there. Are you going to run into the same problems? Mm. And on the recruiting trail, we know how cutthroat that is. You're sure you want to go there? No, he hung it up at Ohio State or was forced out at Ohio State because of health. Indeed. Speaking of Ohio State, we'll get into them at some point during the program today as they beat, uh, they knocked off Iowa State on Friday night as Iowa State gets knocked out in the first round of the tournament. Spirited comeback for Iowa yesterday. Really gutsy performance. Really was. Yeah. Uh, after being down 25. And then the, the, the extra five minute period that we got at the end kind of looked like the first 20 minutes of the, of the game as Tennessee kind of flexed their muscles. All the favorites won in the round of 32. Uh, it's, I don't think ever happened before. I mean, 16 favorites in 16 games came out on top which you know really it was there was a lot of bad games that we I mean not a lot of bad games a lot of not close games with the exception of uh, of Central Florida and Duke and my good god how did that <laughs> you know what that was you remember not too much long ago Trent obviously the stage much much bigger here Remember the end of the Wake Forest game when Wake Forest? Yes, it's very yeah. exact same thing happened. Like you're th- you're sitting there watching the game, and the buzzer goes off. How the hell did that not fall? Yes, and Duke escapes again, and they've got that proverbial horseshoe up there. You know what? Well, apparently they're still carrying around in there. You know what? Because it was uh, came in very handy yesterday, uh, as that shot didn't drop. R.J. Barrett gets a uh, fortuitous uh, miss free throw to fall in his lap, puts it uh, puts it back in, take the lead. Uh, that was the best game. Yeah. It was Tennessee Iowa yesterday? I mean, you could it was whatever, right? It was right. one of those yep. two. But other than that, not a lot of drama over the weekend at all. Sadly, no. Here in Des Moines, we got a couple of clunkers uh, games that hey, Florida's hitting shots early on. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to hang around. Michigan was just a lot better, and, and the same thing. You know, when you saw Jordan Lynch not really able to go in the first half, yeah, that was unfortunate, right? You knew it was over. Mm-hmm. I, just this Minnesota team didn't have enough to keep up. With Michigan State. It not was, sure. I mean, I'm not saying that they would have beat them with Murphy, but they would, it would have been a game. Absolutely. You know, it, it might have been 7 to 10. No, he's a hell like of that. a player. You're 100% right to, to have that take. But without him, no chance. Team, no, no chance Mm-mm. at all. So, you know, we were left with a couple of duds, but Des Moines, you showed out in oh a big way. Oh, my God. It really was. I mean, Reggie Miller just uh, raving about the city. Uh, you know, he's done this tournament for X amount of years, and he's never had more fun than he did in Des Moines. And Des Moines going to get another stop, Trent. They, they're yeah. going to get another stop. There's no uh, doubt in my mind that the tournament will be back here one year. And um, it, it's cities like this that don't have that pro team, yep. I think. I mean, it gets lost in a lot of cities. It oh, really no doubt. It does. Not here. I uh, I did hear... Out at the Hartford, this is the first time Hartford has had it in a long time. They had a major snafu. They did. It's the same thing that Des Moines ran into three years ago. The end of that first session Empty going into the, the second. Building. And not enough mm-hmm. time to do it. I mentioned where all the Indiana and Kentucky fans were sitting out there that year, waiting to get in, waiting to get in. It was cold that day. And uh, people frustrated, certainly, as they had to wait for the building to clear. Same thing happened there, and that goes to CBS, right? I mean, they, they know yes. these times. They right. know... That games can go long, and when everything is dictated by but TV, do they really care? I mean, they got they've got a show to they've got a show to get on TV. I mean, sadly, yeah, half a basketball with nobody in the I, building. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying the TV, as you well know, dictates everything. It does, uh, sadly. Um, you know, let's. Where do you want to start first? The, 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 let's do the Iowa Tennessee from yesterday. Okay. Um, yeah, Trent. That first half. That was so bad, right? It, it was, was so bad. Hideous. I mean, it they was. They didn't look like they they wanted to be there. It just not competing, no, not playing hard. And that's been something that 
we've seen crop up with this team. When things go bad, it goes bad quickly, mm-hmm. and, and it just snowballs, and, and you get down 25, as happened with Iowa. But again, and the difference from last year to this year, and we've had this conversation a lot. There have been times that it doesn't always show up, but this team kept fighting. They kept going out there. They were guarding in the second half, too, and they felt like they were right there. I haven't seen that in a long time, Trent. Yeah. It, was, it was the defensive end of the floor that allowed them to get back into the basketball game. So how can this team that we saw do it for a half? I know a lot of basketball teams can play well for a half. I mean, you can bring out some team that's the 200th best team in college basketball. They can put a good half together. But on the defensive end, when a lot of this is want to, when it's being smart, when it's knowing where you're supposed to be. Things that should be pretty basic, you would think, to a high-level college basketball team. How can it go awry for not minutes, but weeks at a time? I know. Because this team has enough. They have enough that they can not be a great defensive team, but be adequate. They certainly were a great defensive team for 20 minutes They were. They were terrific, Trent. And everybody on the floor played a role in that. They Mm -hmm. did. Everybody. There was nobody taking anything off. um, It was... I didn't think it was going to happen. Nobody did, but no. yeah, give him full credit for doing so. Got him to overtime, and you know Isaiah Moss took a couple of unfortunate shots. Um, but you know what? He, he makes that shot at the end of regulation, <laughs> or we don't get to that point. Very spirited comeback, really unbelievable comeback. It was it was it was fun to see. And man, oh man, I thought for a minute that we were going to get a team, one of our two teams. We know that we've got the women, at least Iowa part of the, yep. participating. They play Saturday. Iowa State gets the chance to punch their ticket to the Sweet Sixteen tonight. The game is here at eight. Uh, Missouri State pregame is at what? I know seven thirty for sure. Is it seven? I think seven thirty. I think you're right. I think you're right on seven thirty. Chris for that. and Bloomy have the call tonight. I saw that on Twitter. That the, that'll be fun. Yeah, that the, those guys have the game tonight. So, um, but yeah, it was give a, guy, a lot of guys credit. Man, you know what wasn't lost on me is, is following the game. Just how much Nicholas Bear meant to these to his teammates yeah. that he's leaving behind. You know, he's such a he's such a cerebral player. It's so smart between the years i you know what we we talked about this where, where i put him um what what i right or wrong uh both fully believe makes him the basketball player that he is he doesn't have a lot of skill no but he's certainly got a lot going on between those here's knowledge of the games being able to put himself in places where that ball is going to go to mm-hmm. being able to envision that you know some of those some people have it some don't he does and that uh, took him a long way in college basketball, and his teammates really, really are going to miss him big way. He was the heartbeat of this team. He was that guy. And now you're going to have guys that are going to be seniors next year, and you'd hope take that mantle, you know, and not only improve their game, but also be, you know, that guy, that kind of leader. And, and you could tell the leader that he is. And goofy kid, loves Harry Potter, a guy that played center at six foot seven, 180 pounds in high school, and completely reinvented himself and became. A good Walk on. college basketball player yeah. at the Big Ten level. Right, this is what he did. Self-made kind of basketball mm-hmm. player, and you love to see that. I heard and, the McCaffrey quote, and I hadn't heard this till yesterday when he called him into his office regarding a scholarship, and he said, "I'm, I'm not giving you a scholarship. You've earned a scholarship." That's awesome. That really was. That's how yeah. he was. Uh, good for him. Yes. Um, so we'll see. We'll have a lot of talk to, to or a lot of time rather to talk about going forward. We can't wait for that because we both feel that this team's got a chance to be really good uh, next year. Conversely, Iowa State. Uh, I mean, to sound like that that they're not going to be good next year. We don't know what this team is going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some 
some change, I would think. Yeah. I mean, we know Shayok's not going to be there. No, he graduates. Graduates and Sally graduates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Weiler Babb, who really struggled down the stretch, wasn't the same player that he was in, in, the, in the month of January. Um, you know, he's, he's a great player and had a huge, huge role on that team. Um, Horton Tucker was he reverted back to he didn't play me well. ball. Yeah. You know, it's a bit to, of a chucker. Yeah. Um, didn't like that. And, and they weren't going in. They, mm-hmm. they weren't going in. I mean, they, they were six for, uh, six for 22 from three. Um, Camelard was really good and they needed Camelard because Wesson was, he's a matchup problem against Iowa State. He just is. Uh, Lindell Wigington, here, here's the key to the, t- for me anyways, the key to next year's team is, is, is the Canuck. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, if, if he can come back, he is, they got to find a whole lot of points because they, because Shayok, how many points is he going to graduate? Right? There's a lot of points walking yeah. out the door with the Marielle Shayok. And who's going to pick up that slack next year? Uh, is it going to be Horton Tucker? Is it going to be Halliburton? It's got to be both of them. You would think. And I'm, cause I don't think one of them can do it. Maybe on any given night they can. Right. But Lindell Wigington's the guy that can, he can do a whole bunch of things for this team. He's not the point guard. Um, but can, is he going to come back next year? He's, he was real noncommittal. I get that. Um, He'll go through the process as, as well as he should, yes. and they all should if they're interested in doing that. But both him and Tyler Cook are—they're going through the process mm-hmm. at the very least. I mean, and, and of those two, which one is? Let's say they both don't get first first round grade, and I okay. don't think either of them no. will. Nope. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure they'll get second round grade either one of them. So, so if they don't, what does that in what what does that tell you? It tells me that they should come back to school. Yes. It doesn't tell me that they're going to. I think. I don't know if one – I get the sense if I had to pick one that Tyler Cook of the two has played his final game in the state of Iowa. See, and I'm on the other side of that. Are you? Because Tyler Cook, you say, come back for your senior year. You can do something that hasn't happened at Iowa in 20-some years, getting to the second mm-hmm. weekend, the sting of that kind of loss. And, you know, he played well. He, he got them back in uh-huh. the game as he came out of the locker room and, and played at that level. I, I think Wigington probably of the two will have a higher grade from NBA type people because of that. High enough? Eh. High enough to give up eligibility? Probably. Do you think so? I mean, he was so close a year he ago. He was. Yeah, they both were. And maybe some of the shine is off Lindell from, well, certainly it is compared to a year ago and yeah. say, Come back another year. What if it goes even further yeah, down this road or, or just get started? It's his, offensively, it can be his team next year. Again, he'll you be know, a starter. He will, there's no doubt. And, and he'll lead the team in scoring if he comes back next year. Right. Is that enough for him to come back? Um, With Cook uh, Sr., you're close to graduation. Yep. That's another. Yeah, too, that's true. You know, hey, come back. I don't know how far along the road he is academically. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be a kid that's only got a semester really left. And then your second semester, you know what? All you got to do is take a mm-hmm. class. Take a three-hour, you know, uh, basket weaving class, and, and right. you're a basketball player then from January all the way through March, and playing your best basketball. I think it's fifty-fifty either way. You know what happens with both of these guys, but for either one of them, if they make the decision, and even if they don't get that grade that they want from the NBA, and I don't think either of them will, but saying, I got eight, ten years to play basketball, and I can always go back and go mm-hmm. to school, and, and this is something the NCAA. One of the things they have done right, yep. you leave, you can come back on scholarship. doesn't count against the scholarship count. It's, it's outstanding, Trent. But it is paid for. Go back to your institution. If you leave in good academic standing, you can come back, finish that degree. And it might be when you're 35 and you've played over. You've played in Turkey and Italy for the last 12 years. 
You go back and get that degree. Yeah, it's a great I love thing. It. No, the, the NCAA's done some positive things. Now, I did get a chuckle out of yesterday's news. Did you see the news the yesterday? Now, I don't know if there was the NCAA that put this out. It seemed like it came from something official uh, on Twitter that um, makes it possible for all of these players participating in March Madness to get free Wi-Fi at the hotel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at wow. that. You know, pay them my ass. They get free Wi-Fi. Speaking of that, I was... No, uh, no, what I'm waiting for is other students that travel on spring break to start bitching that the players get... I didn't get free (laughs) Wi-Fi. Why should they get it? Free Wi-Fi. So uh, I was down Saturday night. In the, the well. in the press room, I went downstairs. I was up in the press box. That's where I watched all the games. But went down there, went to grab a snack, and uh, talking to a couple Michigan people down there. And as I was walking out, though, the Michigan players were making their way through. They'd done all the interviews, and they're making their way back to the team bus as Michigan State, Minnesota is going on, or maybe they were even going out to watch a game. Regardless, they're walking by, and those snacks that I talked about, and Planner's Peanuts and yes. a few uh, Rice Krispie bars were sitting there. John Teske uh, sneaks his hand back and tries to grab a couple. And the guy that was manning the station for media only. As no, he, he didn't slap his hand. He said, hey, those, that's supposed to be for media. And he gave him a smile and Teske grabbed a couple more. And then they, he walked out with the rest of the guys. So uh, uh, I don't know. Malfeasance, is this, is this going to be a violation? Oh Did I just God. turn Michigan in? You might have. You might be on. Sorry, something. Dace. Your, your team's in trouble now. Unbelievable. Well, we're down to 16 teams, all the ones, all the twos, all the threes. You good with this, the way it's, the way it's played out? You know, it was the in only, a way we had, boring. We had a 12-13 last night, the final right. game, so we knew one of those double-digit seeds was going to get But it was there. Oregon, who won the yeah. Pac-12 tournament, and we know is a talented team. You know, Pritchard's back. He's playing well. Lewis mm-hmm. King, who we didn't see against Iowa That's earlier true. this year, yep. he's really good. And maybe I was happy that he wasn't playing or healthy in that game. But even with them, they're a 12 seed from a major conference. Houston maybe is your upstart just because they didn't have the same kind of buzz coming into the year like a Nevada did, mm-hmm. something like that. But overall, here's the positive. We're going to get some great games. Well, we hope. It feels like we're going to get uh-huh. great games. And this is something I warned about, I know, earlier in the week, is that the difference certainly between the top seven teams or so and everybody else seemed pretty significant. And that's why, though I had some upset picks, when it got to the lead eight, it was pretty chalky. Well, maybe it happened around earlier here with yeah, the Sweet 16. If, if you filled out your bracket this year and, and you're, you're a chalk player, you're doing very well yes. in, your, in your pool this yep. year. You know, most years you can't say that, right? You've got to find that those teams that nobody else has, but those teams that nobody else has this year, um, they're, they're going home. You know what? And I don't give credit to those people. Because it's boring. It is boring. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Keith Murphy's in first place of our, our uh, KX No oh, good. He, he needs a break. He does. Good yes. for Keith. He never wins Hope anything. He wins at something, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for Keith. Yeah. Is he really in first place? He's in first place. He <laughs> He's got all number one seeds in the final four. You don't get credit for that. I'm not tipping my ball cap. Keep putting all four number ones in there. Yeah, but that's dope. But it might work out this year. It's going to work out. Was this it 2008? Year. I think the only 2008 or nine. There's been one recently yep. where all number all four number ones got yeah. there. Wouldn't be shocked by it. of the the next tier. Say out of the threes, fours, and twelves left, and a five with Auburn. Who do you like? Well, the most? I'm I'm biased because I I'm on Florida State as you know. You are yes, and boy did they look they good really against did. Murray. Yeah, I you know as as I said on Friday, I kind of hope they get knocked out. If that means we can get Morant for another week yeah. or another game, and we did, and they just crushed him. Uh, boys, yeah, he sees something. Though. He really. You is. know what I found out about him? At least you know watching the watching the two days that he was, or the first what was it, three days that he was involved in the tournament. What a good guy he seems like. Yeah, took off his shoes, gave him to a young kid. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, these are little things. Walking out of the arena for the last time, this was after he'd already come back and changed, and and he's high fiving a bunch of fans. And and these weren't Murray State fans, I don't think. These are college basketball fans that yeah. just wanted an opportunity. And um, yeah, they, that struck me. Watching him, you can tell he's a great talent. And he playing with guys, you know, it, in a way it reminds me, you ever see the highlights of like Pistol Pete back in the day? Yes. There'd be these guys and the ball would be, they'd cut away from the highlight because you know the guy didn't even catch the pass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Bob Cousy. Yeah. And look at him break this guy down. And it was like a crossover. It just, his teammates weren't quite at that level. Not up to par, were they? And he makes some... The yeah. angle of his passes. He's Patrick Mahomes. That's I thought it yes. was an outstanding. I think it might have been Trey Wingo. Okay, that said it. The cross sport reference. Yes, the cross sport reference. I thought, yeah, you just did football and college basketball, but you know what? I see where you're coming yes. from. The angles of those passes. Right. How? I mean, he just he seems to. Everyone's playing at one speed, and he's just he's a tick above. He sees the game. I hate to use this analysis. I really and truly do. Because there was only one Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. But this is what made him as good as he is. He saw the play before the play happened. Right. He put himself in position. I tried to, I almost used it last week with Nicholas Bear. Then I realized you're about to use Gretzky and Nicholas Bear in the same <laughs> sentence. That might be a little strange. That, right. But that's kind of the cer- cer- cerebral part of the game that I'm talking about. Yeah. But that's what it is with, with guys like Morant and, and even Patrick Mahomes. They see the game, uh, the play develop before. They know what's going to happen before you do. You're right. Um, and, yeah, Morant was unbelievable. we got to get a timeout. We'll get Scott Dockerman. We're going to do football and basketball. Doc had a couple of outstanding pieces. Boy, the piece on Tom Davis, the go, going back. 20 um, years. Yeah, yeah. really. It's, it's a great read. It, it really and truly is. If you're not an athletic subscriber, Trent and I do not get paid to endorse, but we firmly, uh, enthusiastically support this website. And we don't get future. a free subscription. No, either. we don't. Because we, somebody asked me that. Hey, you guys might not be paid for. We don't even get a free. We no. pay ourselves for the subscription. It is that good. It is so, yep. so worth it. And my renewal is coming up here in April. Oh, so yours doesn't automatic. Mine well, must automatic re- re- renewal. It's an automatic, yeah. but. I'm going to see if I can get a little better deal. You know, they got all those deals going on. <laughs> I'm the one subscriber that's paying five bucks a month. You, are. you I, are. I think the loan, I think I can't find anybody that's paying over three. Well, I saw that the renewal email came through and it'll be the $60, the full was it? $5. I'm like, yeah, maybe I can find a workaround on that one. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman coming up next from The Athletic. Uh, Matt Poston's HeartlandCollegeSports.com covers the Big 12. We'll recap the Big 12. Dylan Mont slides in here, 11-15. We'll do uh, basketball and football with Dylan and Rob Doster from uh, NBCSports.com College Basketball Talk. We will ask him about the Prom A&M nugget that he threw out there. He's the only one that had it. I don't know where it came from, uh, but we'll find out. It's uh, Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.com. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Speaking of the athletic, mm-hmm. they just got another one, and a really good one. A guy that you and I have on, if not weekly during college football, certainly every other week, Mitch yeah. Sherman, who wrote for 
a long time at ESPN.com. He has joined The Athletic. He's going to be the Nebraska coverage. Oh, okay. So So he's full-time back to the Cornhuskers, which he was before ESPN. Yes, he was. And then they expanded and he became Big 12, Big 10, kind of their Midwest guy or one of them. And uh, he's hitched his wagon to The Athletic. Scott Dockerman is already there. Doc, great addition with Mitch Sherman. How are you? Hey, great. And, uh, yes, we got better today. Yeah, you did. About it. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was a big void. I mean, we had a lot of people wanting uh, Nebraska coverage. And, uh, you know, rather, you know, one of the things I appreciate the most about the athletic is rather than to just hire somebody to fill something, they'd rather hire the right person. Yeah. So Mitch Sherman clearly is the right person. We're going to be uh, – it gets a tremendous hire for us. Uh, no doubt about that. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Well, you've been busy, Doc. Your piece on Tom Davis, it's a long read. It's a terrific read. It takes you back. I think you filled in. Uh, I think you probably, for a lot of people, um, jog some memories in that piece. It really was really well done. Your spring, spring football uh, preview is up at The Athletic today. You've been busy, Scott Dockerman. <laughs> yeah, I have, but I, I look at uh, some of my Iowa brethren, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, sloughing it off here. I'm not yeah. Columbus having to write about this. Uh, you know, tremendous uh, weekend of basketball. But no, I, I, the Tom Davis story was something I've wanted to do for a while. And I talked to him, I talked to Colby, um, you know, and then kind of spun it forward, not just about what happened 20 years ago, but what's happened today, kind of because of it. Because I've always thought that there has been a Tom Davis effect. And I think it really applies mostly to Ferrant. That over the years, when Kirk was, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's kind of stumbling there for about, a, you know, three or four years in, in the middle part of the decade. That people, a lot of people want to get rid of him. A lot of people are like, "Look, you know, remember what happened with Tom Davis?" And that always seems to be something that people makes them stop and think. So, uh, in talking to you know Bowlesby and and everybody else, I think we, you know, it, it kind of really parlayed into what happened 20 years ago and how it applies today. And uh, you know, and I thought some revealing things was Gary Barta saying that he had received a lot of the same type of feedback about Lisa Bluter, and then look at the season that they've had. And then he's also, of course, had plenty of, of of feedback about Fran McCaffrey. The program that Iowa is and the location in the state of Iowa with the population base, with the recruiting base that goes along with it, you know, everybody says, well, it's just settling for mediocrity. You hear that term a lot. People, you know, come up with that when Iowa goes through a lull, men's basketball, football, women's basketball, whatever it may be, even wrestling, you hear that. It's just settling for mediocrity. Does Iowa have to maybe measure itself different than even many of their Big Ten brethren? I don't. I think part of the problem is what happened in the 80s and then how people view it today. And I think when you look back at the 80s, what Hayden was able to do, and the part that nobody ever brings up is Ohio State went went down after they fired Woody Hayes. So Iowa was able to kind of fill that vacuum with what Hayden was able to do, and it was tremendous. And then you look at – you know, men's basketball with Lute Olson and then Tom Davis with George Ravling's guys and, and wrestling was, you know, on a tear and, you know, and even in women's basketball as well under Steve Vivian Stringer, it was the golden era. So I think people are comparing now almost to what it was when everything is different. The Big Ten is different in all the sports. Um, you know, so I, I think what people need to realize is, you know, don't necessarily measure yourself against your history. Don't measure yourself against, you know, programs in states like Ohio where you have you know, 10 million people, um, you know, and, and or more than that, I think, and, and actually, uh, you know, and, and what they can accomplish, measure yourself against yourself. What what's What is Iowa capable of? And I think when you look at, uh, you know, football, for instance, 
I think they're capable of what they're doing. Yes, they could get a couple of more wins here and there, but I, I don't see them ever being a 10-win program every single year. And I think Ferris kind of spoiled everybody from 02 to 04. And, and uh, that said, don't, sat, don't be satisfied if it's not, you know, last year was a year I thought they should have won 11 games. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't mean this year they won't. So I, I think, uh, you know, just have realistic uh, expectations. And that's something that I think every fan base struggles with. Mm. Well, realistically, Doc, in 10 years from now, get out your crystal ball. How will we remember the 2018-19 men's basketball season? Boy, I, I've heard a lot of people today talking about that four-game losing streak going into the Big Ten tournament. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I knew I knew this was happening. You know, if, if they had a good tournament, then I think people would, uh, you know, immediately forget that the lull at the end of the year. And and I think what they'll remember it is is for what it was, which was a tremendous display of heart and intensity and toughness, and you know, to to put themselves in a position. I mean, they were down 44 to 19. It looks like like the other second round blowouts that they suffered a few years ago. And yet to come back and play the way they did and, and compete and, you know, against a team that was, you know, number one in the country like that. Um, I think it's going to, it's remembered similarly to maybe Dr. Tom's final game against UConn in the Sweet 16. Maybe a, that Michigan State Iowa football game a few years ago where it was a 22 play drive, but just kind of, you know, burst through at the end. I think it's kind of going to be remembered as one of the greatest efforts in Iowa sports history even though it didn't come out with a victory. Doc, another part of that is if this catapults this team next season and where they have a top three finish in the Big Ten and finally make that second weekend for the first time in 20-plus years. And much like 2001, 2001, as it was happening, was incredibly frustrated on the football side of things. That was a team that could score points, defensively still wasn't there, lost some games they probably should have won, but it culminated with the Alamo Bowl victory, and then we know what happened in 2002, and it gets revered because of that. Maybe same thing here. Though it was frustrating, there was frustrating moments inside the season, looking back, a building block of bigger things to come. If that happens, I think 2018-19 is going to be looked at as a very successful year. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, if this parlays into something special next year, as you mentioned, you know, possibly, a, you know, I mean, you know, take your pick. You know, maybe it is a upper, you know, third division. You know, they, they, maybe they get a double bye in the mm-hmm. Big Ten tournament. Maybe they win the Big Ten tournament itself, which would be, you know, quite a statement. Maybe they get to the second weekend or more at the NCAA tournament. I, I think then, yeah, that you're going to look at this. This is what fed into it. And I think, by and large, how we need to view it today is uh, you look back to what last year was and what was at this time. I mean, 4-14 four and 14 in the Big Ten. 14 and 19 overall with that kind of talent. And everybody was wondering, okay, you know, what's going on here? And I think the way that they rallied, you know, a six game improvement in the Big Ten and nine game improvement overall, um, you know, I think they could kind of pull a less miles and say, hey, no, no team outside of the Big Ten beat us in regulation. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so I think they could say something like that. But, but truly, I think you'll say, okay, they were capable of bouncing back. Everybody needs to take credit for it. There are issues. There still continues to be. We don't. You don't want to say that the you know the defense is magically fixed or or they don't need a, a point guard that uh, that can penetrate and do things like that. They do, but I think you really look at it for what it is. And 
Um, you know, incredible bounce back season and, uh, you know, can set the stage for some nice seasons going forward. Considering Tyler Cook was on the precipice, perhaps, of uh, giving up his eligibility last year, uh, he comes back and plays his junior season. He's got one more, Doc. What do you anticipate is going to happen with Tyler Cook? Is he wearing a Hawkeye uniform next year? <clears throat> I What I think is going to happen is what he's pretty much already told me, which was, He's going he's gonna to look into the NBA again. He's going to go into those workouts. He's going to kind of gauge what his status is in that. And then, you know, when it all comes down to it, it's, he's going to ask, you know, hey, can I get better at Iowa for one year? Um, or will I be better if I go pro and learn from somebody else? And I think that's going to take down to the probably the end of, of May. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, his, uh, his mother told me that, you know, this was the type of season that she uh, she wanted for him. You know, a bounce back year as a team to have fun, do all these good things, and they have. You know, and I'm sure it's going to tempt him now that they, uh, you know, they had this kind of performance against a great team. You know, should I go in the draft, risk being a second rounder, maybe allocated to Europe, maybe in the G League? Because um, I don't know that he's quite there yet as far as an NBA player goes. Um, or come back for a senior year and have a you know special cap potential for a special cap for a year. I think that's uh, that's gonna he's gonna have to think about that. I'm not gonna make a prediction. I know he'll go through the process, but he'll you know it'll it'll go down to you know the final date before he makes a decision. And it's gonna be back next season to be an incredibly deep team. Pemsel back off a red shirt. You get Jack Nungy, who certainly had some flashes during his freshman season. Frederick will be available. You bring in Joe Toussaint. The point guard that I know a lot of people want to see, the kind of point guard for Iowa. And Patrick McCaffrey, one of the higher-rated guys that they've had come in in a number of years. Overall, it's going to be back to what we've kind of grown accustomed to over the last six, seven seasons of Iowa basketball, which is an incredibly deep team. Now Fran's got to figure out how to divvy up those minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, you know, 12 months, not even months, not even nine months, but 12 months, and Oh, I can't believe Nungy stayed on the bench for that eight-minute stretch. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, uh, we, I can just see it going forward in conversations of the fall and winter. Now, you know they've they've got, but you know I'll tell you this: you know Nungy was a guy that could have played this year and played quite a few minutes. You know he was he's a stretch four. He's really good in that role, maybe even a three, a Utah type player. Cordell Pemsel, I think at times they could have used him in the Big Ten season. Mm-hmm. You know his intensity is different than whatever else they have there. I mean. You know, pretty much been said. Uh, I think a couple of players were asked, kind of, who would you want behind you in a fight, and almost all of them said Cordell. Absolutely, and I, be- I believe that he's he's tough as nails. So yeah, they, they they're going to have that kind of issue. But you know what? A, what a good issue to have. I mean, if you think about it, with uh, somebody like you know C.J. Frederick, if he doesn't crack the lineup, oh well, he sits on the mm-hmm. bench. He's only a freshman. You know, if Patrick McCaffrey is not quite good enough, and You've got seniors like Ryan Creener, and you've got, uh, you know, and, and Pems will be a junior, and Cook, if he comes back a, a senior. You've got enough people in the, in the, on the older levels that, you know, don't worry about forcing these guys in there, you know. So I think Tucson is the one player you want to play. Mm. If you can, you know, and you never know. Somebody, somebody might leave too. Uh, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Doc, in our final couple of three minutes with you, let's let's talk football. Your piece today at the Athletic, previewing spring football. It starts on Wednesday. You guys get Ferrance on Wednesday, correct? The media tomorrow. Tomorrow, good. Uh, so, um, you know, you had five questions. I guess what's the biggest question in your mind? You identified five of them. What is the biggest question right now? If you, if you ask the coaching staff, you're going to only give me one. 
what what would you say it is? I'd have to say it's still defensive line. You know, it looks like uh, you know Davion Nix will be back. Um, you know, and so that well, really big. helps them out. And, and then having a, a Zach Van Balkenberg, you know, a transfer coming in. You know, but you know they, you know, as good as AJ Epineza is, and he was the best and most talented player on the team. I think last year. Same thing with you know uh, Chauncey Golston. I think is an up and coming guy who's got NFL capabilities. They still lost four starters, and so they've got to replace that. Um, you know, with their second unit, which I think is close to that unit, but then also you've got to replace that depth because you just don't know. Somebody might get hurt. Somebody might get a sprained ankle, you know, or, or even the flu or something. So you're, you're going to just need that. And, and I think depth along the defensive line, because the one difference that we've seen between good years and special years for Iowa is, uh, you know, whether or not they get to 30 sacks. I mean, if they got to 30 sacks before last year, all five, the only five teams that did it, were top 10 teams. Last year, they got to 35 sacks, and they were ranked. So, I mean, this is, a, this is a difference between this team. I think if they are capable of having depth at that position, they can kind of mask for everything else. I think that, you know, replacing Imani Hooker, that's probably going to take two people, not one. I mean, they don't have anybody who's that good at that position. Replacing tight end is huge. But I think they could compensate a little bit more because they got some veteran wide receivers who can amp up their game a little bit. I'm not saying that, you know, Sean Beyer, I think, is very talented. I think he'll go out there and, and play well. Um, not suggesting at all that he's T.J. Hawkinson or Noah Fant, but I think he's capable of being a really good tight end. So I, I think, to me, depth along the defensive line is the biggest question mark. If they can solidify that, this team's going to compete for a Big Ten West championship. So uh, before we get to that, Tomorrow, today, the pro day for Iowa. Doc, uh, I know you are a huge, huge draft guy. You love this stuff. One what month you... from today, by the way, is oh, the draft. What, what are you going to be looking for? What, what uh, story are you going to be chasing today? I really want to know a little bit more about the tight ends. I want to see who's there. I want to see you know which NFL team. Uh-huh. I think all of them probably will be there. Because um, I think there's from maybe position 7 through 12, you know, the Jaguars, Lions, Broncos, Broncos yep. Chief, uh, not Chief, um, Packers. I think all those teams could use one of Iowa's tight ends. And do they pull the plug on, or do they uh, push the button and do they go for one of these guys? I think they're going to be, all of them are going to be there and they're going to get their chance to kind of interview these players. So I, I think, you know, I don't expect many or any of them to test because they're, their combine times were too good. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to risk anything. Right. Um, the only one, actually, out of the four, I think they've got four first or second rounders. Is Anthony Nelson, he might want to rebench because <laughs> he didn't do very well there, but he, he did a great on everything else. So I just think, uh, you know, I think what the tight ends have done in the last month and what's what's the next step for them to me is is most fascinating. Along with a lot of the the free agent type, because I want to see, you know, Matt Nelson. I've suggested this a couple of months ago. I think he should put to the other side of the ball and the tackles. Yeah. Ah. 300 pounds. You know, and, I, and if I were the Patriots, they got four picks in like the seventh round. Draft him, mold him with Dante Scarnecchia, and uh, who knows? Maybe he's a player. If he's not, oh well. You know, you just wasted a draft pick at the seventh round. But if he is, you found something big. No doubt about it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of chat, chatter, Doc. Uh, Hawkinson to Denver at 10. They need a tight end. Also seen it now with Gronkowski's retirement yesterday. If there's, you know, if one of the Hawks is still on the board, man, and it would be Fant, I would think, is, is he seems to have fallen below Hawkinson on NFL draft boards. You can, I, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if uh, Belichick uh, drafts another Hawkeye. Great stuff, Scott Dockerman at The Athletic. We appreciate you coming on as always, Doc. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Talk to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic each and every Monday. Uh, Matt Poston's coming up next. Uh, Heartland College Sports will recap the Big 12's weekend. Texas Tech still alive. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14-6 Facebook. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. What's up with that one, Trent Condon? It's Kansas. It's Kansas. Yeah. Get it? Okay, I do now. Yeah. I do now. Yeah. A little slow. It's a Monday. <laughs> Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. It's Kansas. What could have been this year? There's a lot of Big 12 teams yes. figuring down in the dumps. This was the year to get them. We'll see what going forward. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Texas Tech is marching on, representing the conference. Matt Poston's, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Boy, uh, quite a defensive effort. Not uh, not that it wasn't unexpected. Uh, Texas Tech, I liked that Buffalo team last night. I did going into it. Texas Tech never gave them a chance at both ends of the floor. No, they really didn't. And when you're a three seed like that, uh, that's when you've got to take advantage uh, of those opportunities, especially when you're a defensive team like that. You know, they say defense travels in tournaments like that. And when you look at their game against Northern Kentucky, and then the game against Buffalo, that was really the common denominator because their offense was good, but it wasn't great. I mean, Culver had a really good game against Northern Kentucky, but uh, they were really balanced on offense against uh, Buffalo. But that really, that defense really came through for them. And that's what's going to help them against Michigan in that Sweet 16 game on Thursday uh, because that's about as high powered an offense as uh, Texas Tech is going to face all season. So Texas Tech, a basketball program that historically hasn't been great. You get three teams out in the West region that were there a year ago in the West region, Gonzaga, Florida State, and Michigan. How well do you think the Red Raider fans are going to travel? How many people are we going to see in L.A.? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think uh, I think a lot of folks were probably waiting to see if they got out of this first weekend before they made their travel plans because, of course, they made it to the uh, Elite Eight last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a hard trip to get out to Anaheim. I would expect a couple of thousands out there. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around the program. I work with a couple of alums uh, at my day job uh, here in Dallas, and they're they're not just excited about this year, but they're excited about the program overall. Just what Chris Beard has done there in the last few years, the recruit city has coming in, and just the overall you know growth of the program. They were they. They were hoping for this growth under Bobby Knight when he came up there uh-huh. about 15 years ago, and it never quite happened uh, the way it's happening now with Chris Beard. Uh, we're seeing his name associated uh, with a lot of openings. Uh, some of it's pie in the sky, best-case scenario. you at least got to pick up the phone and call Chris Beard. What are you sensing as far as the his longevity uh, in, in Lubbock? Because um, he's going to have opportunities, um, and you'd be crazy not to listen, right? Yeah, you'd be crazy not to listen, and he will have opportunities. I mean, if they think the Elite Eight will be the first time uh, in their program history, they'll be it to the Elite Eight in consecutive years. So uh, the way he's recruiting, the way he's coaching, you've, you've certainly got to pick up the phone and give him a call. UCLA obviously has an opening. Alabama now has an opening. Um, they're actually connecting that job to Steve Prom up at Iowa State, although I've heard Steve, Steve does not sound terribly interested in that job either. But the thing about Chris is, you know, he's a West Texas guy. He's been out in that area a long time. He's got family out there. Um, he doesn't seem inclined to leave. At least that's the, the vibe that I'm getting. Tech is paying him well. Uh, they gave him a long extension after last year's Elite Eight run. They could certainly pay him again. And the thing about it now is, you know, the way major college athletics is, you can't go in and money with a school like Texas Tech anymore. I mean, you used to be able to do that 15 or 20 years ago, but now everybody in major college athletics has money. So if they really want to keep Chris Beard, 
they can make it financially worth as well to keep them. To me, the only reason Chris Beard would leave Texas Tech is if, is if an opportunity so good comes along that he can't pass it up. And I'm not sure there's an opportunity out there right now. You know, obviously UCLA is a great job, but uh, you know what he's doing right now at Tech is really special. He's got a great recruiting class coming in. I was just taking a look at it last night. It's the number 14 or 15 class in the country. He's got a lot going for him at Texas Tech to go ahead and stay there for the long haul. Talking right now with Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports, a look around the Big 12. Tech, the only team into the Sweet 16. What Big 12 team are you most disappointed in that didn't make it to the second weekend? No, oh, let's see. Um, based on what they had going into the tournament, I'm a little bit disappointed that Iowa State didn't yeah. make it. I, I thought they had a chance. I mean, they, they had a lot of talent. Uh, they played really well in the Big 12 tournament. I thought that gave them a lot of momentum. Ohio State wasn't a a bad matchup for them, I didn't think. I mean, they only lost by three. It was a good game, but uh, they were a team that I kind of pegged to get into the Sweet 16. Uh, I was a, a little disappointed they didn't make it. I, I think overall the conference is a little bit disappointed when you consider you know, how good the conference played all year, how good they played in the first round they were 4-2, and, and then only Texas Tech gets out. I, I think that's a little bit disappointing to everybody in the conference. Um but you, know, you look at the NIT, Texas and TCU are in the quarterfinals. West Virginia has mm-hmm. its uh, CBI game tonight in the second round. So uh, there are still four Big 12 teams alive in the postseason right now. Just one of them in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Iowa State and Kansas State both lose in the first round of the tournament. That was, uh, that was a head-scratcher. Uh, to me, the answer to your question, uh, Trent, would be K-State, just because the, D- the Dean Wade not being able to you know, answer the bell first yeah. in Kansas City. Matt, you were there for it, and then last week um, in, in the tournament. Yeah, d- dis- disappointing without a doubt. So how will you remember this Kansas team from this year? Obviously, you know, Azubuki, I think you didn't, I don't think you played double-digit games. Uh, LeGerald Vick uh, with the personal problems that kept him away from the team for uh, for the most part for the final month of the season. Um, they, they just they, they didn't have the star power that they did. Uh, Lawson could only carry them so far. Those young guards, they were terrific some nights, but they looked like young guards on other nights, Matt. Yeah, I think there'll be a, a twinge of, of what could have been, uh, especially with Azafiqwe, because I think as we learned, throughout the season, his height and his uh, ability inside to at least dunk the basketball and rebound took a lot of heat off the rest of this basketball team. I mean, I think Diedrich Lawson potentially could have had an even better season, uh, if that's possible, uh, if Azubique had been in the middle there. Uh, they lost the three-point shooting they had with LeGerald Vick, although I think Devin Dotson made up for some of it. Um, you know, good but not great. I mean, I think that uh, you know Bill Self probably got as much out of this team as he mm-hmm. could but he didn't have those experienced players in the perimeter that he had last year when they went to the Final Four. And I think that more than anything made a difference because you knew Diedrich Lawson was going to get his every night. Um, but when they lost as a Beakway, they, they had to become very reliant on those three or four young players that I think can be very good for them in the next two or three years. I could see a, a Devontae Graham type of growth for a guy like Devin Dobson if he stays there for four years. But when you've got to rely on that many young guys that early, uh, the second-round exit in the NCAA tournament is certainly possible. Are you ready to put on your spring football hat for HeartlandCollegeSports.com? No, oh, I can give it a shot. I've been knee-deep in basketball, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's here, Matt Postens. Thank you for what you do for us.